Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Yesterday I was on the road for seven hours in the most magnificent mountain landscapes, driving from Telluride in the southwest of Colorado to Taos in New Mexico. And as the crow flies, it's not that far really, but the roads are windy and mountainous and stunningly beautiful with all of the snow-capped landscapes and incredible views of valleys and plains. And as I was driving, I was listening to uh, an audio book which made the journey seem very quick, actually. And I was listening to Joseph Campbell in conversation with Bill Moyers talking about the power of myth. Joseph Campbell is this great scholar of world religions and uh, a deep deep embodiment of, of, of the power of, of our mythologies and um, Bill Moyers actually said of him that he is the most spiritual man that he's ever met but he didn't have an ideology and he didn't have a theology mythology mythology was um, to him the song of the universe Mythology was the song of the universe to Joseph Campbell. Mythology is so deeply embedded in our collective consciousness that we dance to it even when we can't name the tune. Joseph Campbell died in the late 80s and left this incredible legacy, but as I'm listening to this, driving through these mythical landscapes, magical landscapes, listening to these words about the power of myth, and thinking about our own myths and how important they are. In fact, Joseph Campbell says over and over again that ritual is so important. And if we lose our ritual, we lose our connection to our own mythologies. And mythologies, of course, sometimes we can dismiss that word mythology as something negative, implying an untruth. But a real mythology is a deep narrative that connects us to our sense of mystery, our sense of that which is transcendent, our sense of God. And every culture and every religion has its own set of mythologies, and from those mythologies grow ritual. And so I'm thinking about this in the context of this week's parsha, which is my bar mitzvah parsha, uh, which is Yitro, where we have this incredible narrative of revelation where the whole people are standing, like underneath this quaking mountain, and Moses goes up to the mountain and comes down and reveals the law, gives us the, the Torah. And this is such a foundational narrative, such an important narrative, a defining, defining narrative. And from that narrative, or from that myth, if, if, you, if you like, comes a whole set of rituals including this Shabbat in synagogues all around the world, the ritual reenactment of Revelation by reading those verses that start with Exodus 19, establishing this incredible 
dramatic scene of the of the mountain and the smoke and the sound of the shofar and the people trembling and all of that and and then we have this extraordinary moment of encounter and the people are changed and so i feel um cautiously inspired to connect that narrative to some of the thought of of joseph campbell who really talks about religion as something that has to be experienced and that every attempt to distill it into into words and teachings is 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 an abstraction or a, a something removed from the original experience and the and the power of reimagining us standing at Sinai and in fact every time in synagogues we we open the ark um where we keep the the sifre torah the the, the scrolls the the torah scrolls um in many prayer books there is a passage from the zohar that is like a, a, a spiritual time capsule that kind of takes us back to imagine that moment and imagination of course is such a an important part of religious experience too we have to have good imaginations we can't just go through the motions of ritual without really allowing the the profundity of what it means to have that ritual be a connection to these narratives so that we become like B'nai Yisrael, we become like the Israelites standing there at this moment when a new direction is defined through this receiving of Torah. And of course, the ritual reenactment, in a sense, also last week when we have the powerful Song of the Sea, Shirat Hayam, there's this this idea that we we stand and come close as a community, and we imagine ourselves crossing, because these narratives that lead to ritual, the foundational myths of our people that lead to ritual, include the the, the stories that are embedded in our in our prayer liturgy the blessings around the shema a blessing about creation narrative the creation of light a blessing about the revelation narrative the revelation of torah and a blessing about a redemption narrative redemption from the slavery in egypt and all three of these are told dramatically in our prayers as if to say that the ritual of of daily or weekly prayer is so so tied in with our sense of 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 narrative or as joseph campbell would say myth and i want to say something about this idea of myth because um for many it is a it's a dangerous word because we we we're so caught up in religious life with a sort of fundamentalist idea of 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 a of, a, of an absolute truth and the idea that a myth is something that might not be true is is alarming for some people in religious life it's not for me at all in fact it's much more alarming to to be tied into fundamental ideas of truth i think that the idea of a myth is it's a profound profound narrative that can can shape a people and give them a possibility of connecting a possibility of 
of, of reaching some kind of transcendent place, which ultimately, according to Joseph Campbell, is really just deeply within ourselves. It's all about our own inner landscapes. By connecting to the mythologies of religions, we, we connect our own capacity to see and feel that divine within ourselves and within our communities. And we have these extraordinary rituals that help us achieve that. And of course, the Torah and the direction that the Torah gave us as a people and continues to give us as a people, the way in which we connect to halakha, to a, a walking, breathing, living connection to Jewish law and practice that helps us define ourselves in community and as individuals who are searching for deeper truth and deeper meaning. So the idea that a myth is something that may or may not have happened is not something to be scared of, it's something to embrace. We get caught up with the idea, you know, and I've, I'm sure I've said this before, but um, I, I'm very struck sometimes, I, you know, I love telling stories, I love telling stories to kids. And sometimes, uh, you know, a, a young person, a kid will, will say after hearing a story, is that true? Is that true? And of course, in that question, they mean, did it really happen? But the idea is I might answer, I mean, at different levels, according to different ages, but it depends what you mean by truth. I can't say that this happened in history, but I can say that it's profoundly true because it impacts my heart or it makes me feel differently about the world or about another person. And so in that sense, there is truth that is beyond fact. I don't want to go to that place of talking about how truth and fact have become so um, demeaned in our world, but, but the idea of, of reaching to, to truths that are beyond, beyond fact. So we can, in that sense, talk about these very, very powerful mythologies, which Joseph Campbell says are all, all metaphors. Everything's a metaphor in religious language for connection for reaching that transcendent place. So we can take the idea that in history there was a moment where Moses was leading the people through the desert and had this encounter, this profound moment of encounter at Sinai, and that that changed everything. We can take that as, a, as an actual moment in history, or we can, we can look more deeply into the metaphor of it. Rabbi Neil Gilman, who was a teacher of mine, um, who wrote a book called Sacred Fragments, talks about the idea of myth based on the theology of a Christian uh, theologian, Paul Tillich, who talks about this idea of broken myths, and this idea that, that sometimes religions are constructed of broken myths. And we, the deconstruction of the myth can lead to three basic responses. One of denial, of saying, well, the myth's not really broken. Or one of, well, if the myth's broken, I'm going to completely reinvent the whole thing and throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Just reinvent it in my own image, um, if you like. And the third is to say, well, yes, this is a broken myth, but wow, it's a powerful myth. And it's a myth that's worth embracing, and it's a myth that's worth living. And so we, with that sort of knowledge of the brokenness of the myth, we reintegrate it into our lives in a living, breathing kind of way. 
and that in a sense is is i think what the heart of a sort of uh, traditional observant jewish life that is also able to embrace biblical scholarship and and reason and you know questioning the historicity of of these moments and so i love that and i think that's kind of what joseph campbell in different language was talking about too abraham joshua heschel in his incredibly powerful book god in search of man talks about this moment and i i think i quoted this in my podcast last year but i'm going to quote it again because it's so great he says the thunder and lightning at sinai may have been merely an impression but to have suddenly been endowed with the power of seeing the whole world struck with an overwhelming awe of God was a new sort of perception. An overwhelming awe of God. A new sort of perception. At that moment, the people of Israel not only were able to entertain a feeling, but also to share in an awe that overtook the world. Only in moments when we are able to share in the spirit of awe that fills the world are we able to understand what happened to Israel at Sinai. Thus the world of God entered the world of man, not an ought to, an idea suspended between being and non-being, a shadow of the will, a concession of the mind, but a perpetual event, a demand of God more real than a mountain, more powerful than all thunders. More powerful than all thunders. I think this is very consistent with with some of what Joseph Campbell says on the power of myth. This idea that we have to be changed by these stories. We have to be able to share in the spirit of awe that fills the world. That sense of awe and wonder, Joseph Campbell talks about that a lot. This idea that we we are we are shaped by our response. I was feeling as I was driving for those hours and most of the time ex amazingly I was alone on the road and just feeling like so tiny in my in my car just driving over these over these hills and just seeing these landscapes and sort of reaching a peak of a hill and then and then breathing in a new a new vista it was so breathtaking and it's that sense of being able to to experience wonder every day every moment and to allow that wonder to sort of transport us in a communal sense to what that must have felt like to stand at Sinai whatever we think happened in history and to allow that moment to shape us to shape our practice and to and to try try it on and to to understand as Joseph Campbell did that the profundity of of rich of a richly ritualistic life that we take the rituals, the, the rituals that the Torah gives us, rituals of, of the way that we interact with each other, rituals of, of prayer, ritual of how we eat our food, rituals of saying blessings before and after food, rituals of, of, of Shabbat, of the Jewish calendar. All of this is kind of defined by, by Torah and defined by the incredible power of that moment and the, 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 the great myth of that moment. So, I just invite us all to share in that wonder, wherever you find yourself geographically, whatever landscapes you are 
you are seeing just to use that spiritual imagination to cast us back to a moment where a whole people were shaking in anticipation and that awe was just filling the world and overtaking them with a new power of of possibility and hope that comes from that capacity to feel the God outside, inside, and that God really guides us in in our own moral universes, our own ritual universes, our own ethical landscapes. And for us as Jewish communities, we do that within the context of this incredible narrative of of Sinai. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.